No. Yes. Man, it works every time. Yeah. Welcome back to another episode of the Super Duper Flex Bros. Tonight is Wednesday, February 9th. I'm your host, Tom, and tonight's show, we will be talking about guillotine league strategies, our upcoming 2021 Dynasty Startup Draft, and we have a very important Super Duper Flex Bros announcement tonight as well. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Joined with me tonight is 10-time Dynasty champion and above-average guillotine league player, Jason Busta. Jason, how are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm great. That's quite the introduction and un, uh, uncalled for and inaccurate, but I appreciate it all the same. What, was it 11 championships or how many <laughs> Dynasties have you won? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah, something like that. Well, uh, anyways, let's uh, let's get into uh, the uh, guillotine talk here. What did you think of your first guillotine league? Uh, I really enjoyed it, actually. Uh, it was kind of a fun twist on kind of the same old, same old. So I had been in, I've been in one league for 20 plus years. That's your standard snake draft, done some auction drafts, um, and then kind of got into it. But uh, the, the guillotine league, the format, the kind of the excitement of having somebody out every week was a nice change of pace. And it really changes the strategy quite a bit more so than I uh, probably was anticipating going in so it was a nice twist on things that's for sure so when we started the draft did you have the second or the third pick do you remember i i think i had fourth overall and uh mccaffrey fell it went qb 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 and mccaffrey fell to me at the fourth uh and i just i couldn't pass that up so yeah i i remember being surprised when when i saw that he he fell that far but uh in the in this league it was the 22-man guillotine league um, I believe we had a third round reversal in there that, that you were a pretty big fan of, correct? <laughs> the third round reversal, I was not was not a big fan of. And then, you know, also this is a good note to make sure that you don't sign up for leagues like the day before the draft starts and pay attention to scoring formats because uh, the six-point passing touchdown probably should have been notified to myself. Uh, that might have been helpful as well. So. Yeah, I got Carr in uh, coming back in the in the back end of the second round. So, I mean, considering where I was at in the draft, I was pretty fortunate that he fell that far. And he, he, overall, I thought he had a pretty decent year. But uh, yeah, it was definitely a QB heavy league with the super flex and the twenty two yeah. league teams. So, yeah, I think that was that was probably the strategy was was grab uh, two quarterbacks right away just to have that that floor so that you're you're not the one um, with the least amount of points after. After the first week or two, but I think I think you did you did pretty well. Did you make it to about week ten or so? Yeah, yeah. I mean, McCaffrey not playing the majority of the year uh, obviously didn't do anybody any favors, and it was kind of a unique. I'm not sure what you talked about this in the show, but pretty short bench. So, which is good and bad, right? I mean, a lot of players available, which was awesome. But um, you know, if you had guys that were injured, there was no IR, so that yeah. made things a little bit tricky as well, too. Yeah, COVID made things difficult, too. We did have those IR spots that were um, supposed to be for, for COVID only. And I think uh, some people, including myself, had forgotten a lot of way. And then there were some reminders thrown out there. I maybe got a friendly text or two of a slight reminder of that from, <laughs> from you as well. So, Well, like, like you were saying with the, the league settings, it's always important to, to look back at those. And actually, the first Dynasty League that Sam invited me to um, when I was uh, – about halfway through it, the, the 10th or 11th round, 
Um, I, I texted him and I said, so was this a, a standard league or, or is this half point PPR? <laughs> and he said, no, this is full point PPR. It's like, oh, no. I took Sony Michelle in the, in the third round who doesn't get any receiving work. So that, that jump chip. <laughs> yes, I feel your pain. I have, I've been in that boat before. Yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, from a drafting standpoint, I, I don't probably put as much prep work as I need to in, but knowing the scoring uh, scoring rules for the league is always a good reminder to make sure you've got that thoroughly covered, that's for sure. Yeah, so besides Christian McCaffrey doing uh, next to nothing for you towards the end of the season, were there any other takeaways? A lot of people said that they wish they had spent their fab, but um, I think I think once you once you lose, and if you see you had ten or twenty dollars fab, you're you're always kind of. I'd say it's twenty twenty, but any, anything you you learned from it? Yeah, I, I mean, I think everybody was really throwing some cash at some really not so great players early on, right? Because you see these decent players that are out there that you can catch up, and you way overspend early, and just need to keep that mindset of like, hey, I don't need to be top of this next week. I need to not be the very last. So, um, you know, hopefully your team doesn't suck when you're not in that position. Or, I mean, quite honestly, from a Geetson League standpoint, it's all about luck, right? You get two guys in your starting lineup that happen to have last-minute injuries or get hurt the same week. I mean, you could be SOL from that standpoint, too. So not overspending too early, but a flip side of that is, yeah, you don't want to get knocked out in the eighth week and have all of your all of your uh, free agent acquisition money left too. So um, yeah. How's that for playing both sides of that fence? Yeah. Yeah. It's well, I, I feel like when you use a strategy that that doesn't work, then you're, you're quick to, to jump <laughs> to, to the next one. So exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah, definitely a lot of luck that, that goes into it. Yeah. I mean, my team was pretty crappy enough and I had enough injuries where I ended up spending some of my, some of my money pretty early. So I didn't have that problem, I guess, which is, uh, I don't know, I guess a uh, silver lining. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I think one of the lessons that I learned, I think in the fifth or sixth round, I took Michael uh, Hardman, just knowing that he has that that upside to, to go off for over 20 points if he, yeah. if he hits on a, on a long touchdown reception or two. Yeah, um, but after after getting burned by um, that type of player, Michael uh, Hardman or, or uh, K.J. Hamler, when they put up a zero, like you're saying, all it takes is one or two players to, to put up a zero, and then you're uh, left there, the, the lowest scoring team. So... Um, I think my goal moving forward in these leagues is to kind of shoot for a high floor. So those those wide receiver twos um, like Robert Woods or Marvin Jones or, or Cole Beasley, when when you know that you're going to get um, four or five receptions and at least 50 yards, I, I feel like they're almost uh, safer players to, to put in your lineups. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree with that, too. And obviously your strategy changes as you know, teams get eliminated and you get deeper into the season and you need to have, you know, maybe take some more risk on some players that you potentially wouldn't. But um, yeah, I just, you can't, you just need to avoid zeros, right? Like that's really what kills you in those, in those leagues. Cause if you get an injury and you get somebody who has one catch for eight yards, I mean, it could be you that's out in week, week four, right? Which is not a fun scenario to be in. Absolutely. Well, and to uh, end the conversation about guillotine leagues, I did switch horses. I switched from uh, uh, Kirk Cousins, which hurts to say as, as a Vikings fan, to Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger, and he is the reason why I lost. I would have <laughs> went on and won the entire thing. So, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, I hope you retire for, for, for more reasons than one. Uh, but that was that was definitely very disappointing. But it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we met some some cool people through this league and. Um, that, that actually brings me to 
our very special announcement. So you, um, this this is a very important uh, recording tonight, Jason. I hope you you can appreciate that you're oh. the, the special guest here. Oh, I am excited. So the Super Duper Flex Bros have officially launched our website. So if you go to superduperflexbros.com, you can find our rookie rankings, dynasty discussion, our wall of fame, the list of all the charities that we've raised money for. And um, we have some uh, directions on there for how you can join uh, a guillotine league if you want to play against Jason or myself in, in 2021. Um, so instead of doing that crazy 22-man uh, triple reversal third round thing, we're just going to keep it a little more simple. So it's going to be... <laughs> 16 teams, one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end, one flex, and one super flex. Um, like you were talking about before, the uh, the bench spots is only three. So if you have an injured player, you have to decide if you want to hold on to them or um, drop them to free agency as uh, potential bait to uh, sabotage another team. So it's uh, $50 per team, and uh, it's a winner takes all. Winner gets four hundred dollars, and the other four hundred goes to charity. So the the twenty two man league that we did, we we raised seven hundred, but um, that was that was maybe maybe uh, six too many teams. So that's why we're dropping it down to sixteen. So um, look looking forward to getting people involved on the site and getting signed up. I know we're uh, not even a full week out of the, the NFL season, but I'm already looking forward to twenty twenty one. Absolutely. It's a good looking website, man. I just pulled it up when you were doing that announcement. I'm not going to lie. This is a, this is like a legit website. I was expecting a little less. Not that you guys are uh, not high class. Don't get me wrong. Well, well, thank you. But it's a good looking website. So if you're listening, log in and check it out as you listen. It's a, it's a nice site. Thank you. Well, uh, during uh, quarantine for, for a while, I've had some, I've had a little bit of time to kill. So I've been, I've been working on this a little bit. Absolutely. You know, one thing I really appreciate about the leagues you guys run Tom is, uh, you know, just the, the charity and the donation aspect too. Right. So, uh, it's just a nice way to, you know, make a give back and, and, uh, you know, at the point when you win, you're so happy to win. You don't really care if you're getting half of what it potentially could be. Right. It's, it's good to know that money was put towards some really good causes out there. So I appreciate you doing that and, and continuing to do that moving forward. Oh, thanks. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's been, it's been great. Uh, something for, for Sam and I to, to do to, give back to the communities. And I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head with that where um, three years ago, I thought I was in a lot of leagues when I was only in six. I'm in, I'm in a lot more than that, but um, that was, or maybe it's two years ago. I, I uh, drafted Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews and in, in most of the leagues um, out of the, the six leagues, I got first place in three and third, or yeah, first place in three and second place in two. So it was a big payday. And wow. at the end of the day, um, besides getting to hoist up multiple trophies, there, there is kind of an empty feeling of like, this is, you know, there, there, there should be more to it. So, um, I, I think it was, I don't win any of the, the guillotine leagues this year, but just to see the uh, community that we've built and how excited people are, um, not only to win, but to raise money for these charities and then to have the charities reach out and, and, uh, and thank us for the work we've done. It's been, been uh, pretty rewarding. So hopefully we can, uh, a couple more guillotine leagues for 2021 yeah absolutely nice uh way to work in that humble brag by the way that was pretty oh, clever yeah. i like that oh i just yeah. happened to get first place and three and second and a couple other no big deal 
Yeah, I've, uh, I've tried to sneak that in as, as many times <laughs> as I could. But I think when Sam used to edit the show, he always made sure to clip that one out of there. <laughs> I, I think it should be on the website somewhere. I don't know. I'm just saying. Uh, throw it on there yep. somewhere. Yeah, uh, that, that's a good point. I'll, I'll put that in later tonight. All right, like but uh, b- before we talk about our uh, upcoming draft, which, by the way, we're, we're doing a 14-man um, Superflex Dynasty League. Um, I apologize. The league is already full, so um, nobody else can join. Um, however, Jason is in this. Uh, but before we talk about this draft, um, let's do a little draft scenario to see how you uh, value players. Are, are you ready for this? Oh, well, I didn't know it would be a quiz. Yep. I, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to judge you with your answer on this one. Oh, so we got, man. We got, we got two players. We got player A versus player B. So in, uh, we'll, we'll just say in 2020, the player A had 50 receptions, uh, 900 receiving yards, and eight touchdowns. Uh, they're 26 years old, and they have finished as a top 46 player one out of the past five years. Player okay. B, player B, age 27, 65 receptions, 1,150 yards, and six touchdowns. He's finished as a top 15 player in five of the past seven years. So player A has more touchdowns than player B and is one year younger than player B. Player B, on the other hand, has more receptions than player A, more yards than player A, and has been more consistent as, as a top 20 player over the past five years. So who do you draft? The younger player with uh, more more explosive plays or the more consistent older player? And this is for our league, F-point PPR. Yep. That we're looking at. I mean, I'd probably go uh, B. Going B, I think, in this scenario. Pretty, pretty easy uh, scenario, right? Right. I feel like it is. Probably a trick, yes. but I like it. I like it. Five, five, five out of seven years as a top 15 player. And player A has only been a top 46 player once in five years. I mean, top 46, that's not even really anything to brag about, is it? <laughs> it's a unique stat. I like it. Top 46. <laughs> so, so four out of the five years, this player wasn't even a top 50 player. Interesting. Um, do you want to take a guess at who player A is? Oh my God, I have no idea. I literally have no idea. So player A, this player that we can both agree you'd want to stay away from is... <laughs> Will Fuller. <laughs> uh, I should have seen that setup coming. So we we uh, talked beforehand that uh, we, we would talk about Will Fuller at, at the end of the show, but I'm putting you on the spot right now. Why should people still believe in Will Fuller? And by the way, you're you're not the first person to come on the show and be uh, a Will Fuller fan. So the only... there are more people out there. So, all right, fair enough. I should have seen this setup coming, you sneaky SOB. Here, here's my logic last. So everyone who's played fantasy football at some point's gotten burned by Will Fuller at some point in time in, in his or her career. I think we can all agree with that. My point was in 2020, he played 11 weeks, one of which he had zero points. I think he pulled a hamstring or something to no one's surprise. I think it was like week two early. But even with that, he was still a top five receiver and half point PPR receptions league. So I think I maybe even sent you a text about that the other day, but it was something like eight touchdowns, 50, 55 catches, probably like eight. It's it's the stats right here. Oh, yeah, yeah. You just had them. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah, Through 11 weeks. I mean, that's a pretty strong outing for that piece. And, you know, from an injury standpoint, it's never those guys that are out and can't play. It's always that borderline that you, all right, you know, 
plays a quarter and then he's out. I mean, hopefully at that point in time, you've got some options to go a different route if it's really going to be truly that questionable. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, Will Fuller's a year to year, you sneaky, sneaky guy. I don't, I don't like this. I don't like this game at all, Tom. All right. So, um, with just, just a counter here. So he's, he's going to be um, 26 next season. And um, all of last season, I think it, it's safe to presume that he was, he was using, PEDs just because there there was no evidence that he wasn't. So I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say that he was cheating <laughs> the, the entire season. So uh, let's say the Will Fuller is now off the juice. He's probably getting tested more often, and he does not uh, come back to Houston. So he's probably not playing with the future Hall of Fame quarterback like Deshaun Watson. All right, I shouldn't say that he most likely won't be, but um, clearly that uh, Deshaun Watson was was pretty good at extending plays and finding him. Um, deep down the field is is Will Fuller. Do you still buy into Will Fuller that he's going to be? Um, a, a, do Do you think he can be, become more than a top forty six player next year? Uh, more than a top forty six player, I do think he'll be more than a top forty six player. Do I think he'll repeat his production that he had through the first eleven weeks in twenty twenty one that he had in twenty twenty? Uh, I would I would say no. I'd say the odds are not great for that happening, but. But, I mean, it depends where he falls, right? I mean, I don't know. You can still get some good value out of Will Fuller. Yeah. Well, since he came into the league, his rookie season, he had three injuries that cost him to miss games. Um, 2017, three injuries again. 2018, two injuries. 2019, three injuries. And like you said, he had the one injury, the hamstring pull, in week two where he had zero receptions showing his true colors. So, well, just, uh, so, yeah. So, like I said, even with that, he was a top five receiver when he was went out for the year. So, yep. yeah. I mean, hey, you decide. You decide, yep. Tom. Well, m- much like the Chiefs, a lot of people want to forget about 2020 already. <laughs> um, so, uh, if you go to sportsinjurypredictor.com, not a sponsor, by the way, I got to throw that out there. No. They they say there's a 99% chance that he gets injured some point in 2021. Chance of injury per game is 25%. Projected games missed for 2021, 4.9. Durability rating, 2 out of 5. I mean... Have I I sold you on on staying away? This made-up stats from this made-up website, I don't... (laughs) Seems like a lot of fake news right now. A 2 out of 5 on the durability ranking. (laughs) You know, I might might take them in the back end of of the second round that I got the first overall. I mean, I'm not guaranteeing it, but it could happen. That's what I'm saying. All right. But well, we do have we do have a Texans fan listening who will uh, be picking before you in the second round. So we'll we'll see how how really he goes. We'll see who the real Will Fuller fan is out there. To start talking about that uh, that dynasty startup. Um, so you said that you you've been playing in in a league for the past twenty years, and you used to play in dynasty. Um, do you remember what those those uh, previous dynasty days looked like? Were there any players that? Were overvalued? Were running backs worth more, or or uh, did people want receivers because of the longevity? Or do you remember a trade where you overpaid for someone? Yeah, I mean the biggest thing we still did a full point PPR in Dynasty. I was in, and everybody went running back really heavy. I mean it was a standard league with no flex, so it was one QB, two receivers, or excuse me, three receivers, two running backs, tight end. Um, everybody went running back, running back, running back really heavy. So I think I was, if I remember right, I was pretty stacked at wide receiver. But um, I'm always, and this is maybe why I don't love that, I just, I'm always a win this year if there's any chance to do it. So I would always be trading up, um, you know, trading picks for 
upcoming years to try and make a big move now. Um, I always don't, I mean, honestly, if a guy's 25 or a guy's 30, well, I did that back. If it's a running back over 30, it might be a little bit hesitant, but outside of that, I mean, I I don't really pay that much attention to age and dynasty leagues because I really, it's hard for me to really think eight years out from now on that piece. So yeah, I definitely have more of the win now mentality when it comes to my, uh, managerial style in dynasty leagues so when you said that you were always stacked at wide receiver was that because everybody zigged so you decided to zag or that's pretty much yeah i mean in any league too i always try and go with the best available and as much as it is the easy kind of fall into those traps of others are run on tight ends is run on quarterbacks is a run on whatever um i try to try to avoid that emotional move as much as possible and it just happened to be a lot of wide receivers available if i remember correctly in most of those drafts and that the dynasty i was in it was kind of a it was like a half dynasty half keeper or like a a super keeper i guess it wasn't even a true dynasty so okay so every year you definitely had a lot of you know a lot of new faces on your team but i mean i remember having brady and gronk in my team way back then and people were talking about oh brady's getting up there in age even back this is probably early 2010s right so and here he is, still winning Super Bowls. Yeah, um, I actually did a, a trade yesterday. I'm uh, I'm I'm hurting at uh, tight end in this fourteen in a in a different fourteen man league. Um, which, um, if you don't have one of those top tight ends, then you're you're at a severe disadvantage. So I actually just traded Russell Wilson um, for um, T.J. Hawkinson and Tom Brady. So there are a couple other players involved, but. I uh, I really believe Hawkinson's gonna have have, have a big year, and um, after after Brady won and was quick to say that he he'll be back for 2021, um, I, I I think he's gonna be playing at least a couple more years. I mean, I really I honestly really do. I mean, and quarterbacks, you know, with the rule changes and not, I mean, quarterbacks getting protected so much too. They don't they just don't take the punishment like they used to. Now, Mahomes probably has something different to say Monday morning after he got beat up. <laughs> all game of the Super Bowl this year. But, I mean, they, they just they don't get hit nearly as hard. So, I mean, obviously Brady takes crazy good shape of his himself. So, I can yeah. see him playing until 45 up even past that, to be honest with you. Which I mean, it's crazy to say that out loud. I was watching a little bit of the Pat McAfee show, and they had Benetari on. I think that was today, maybe yesterday. But he, he was making jokes about coming back at, at 50 to kick just because Brady was still playing too. But, I mean, it, it is crazy how – how you know how well people can maintain their longevity nowadays? Yeah, well, after they traded up for Tristan Wirfs, who um, I believe played every single snap and only gave up one sack, um, yeah. yeah, that that was that was a huge move that that obviously paid off. And so I think when uh, James Harrison went to New England for a couple of seasons or for a couple of games um, a few seasons ago, um, he talked about how he really wanted to hate Tom Brady when he got there, um, but he was just such a nice guy that he couldn't do it. I, I think uh, Brady's probably going to be able to recruit some some other vets, uh, come down to to Tampa and just hang out in the beautiful sunshine and win some more championships. Yeah, I mean, I could, you know, you already made your money and you want to take a little bit of a pay cut. Not that those guys are playing for peanuts at that point in time, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's not a bad place to go join a future Hall of Famer. And I mean, I, I don't know, I want to say quite arguably, I mean, the greatest of all time. And I'm not even truly a Brady fan. He's just that good. So. Yeah. Well, I, I got a, us a little bit off topic here. I'll, I'll try to bring, bring us back in. So um, it, now that uh, you've decided to come out of retirement from your, your dynasty days, you were actually rewarded with the 101 in this draft. So it is super flex. Um, if you're going to use the pick, 
I'm guessing it's either going to be Mahomes or, or McCaffrey. So are you are you thinking about putting this uh, one one out on the block, or are you? Uh, are you yeah, I mean, I'm always willing to hear offers. It would take quite a bit because I mean, it'd be hard for me to pass up, you know, Mahomes there at uh, at the one one just with. I, she's going to be so good for so long. And in a super flex like that too, I mean, it's just so much value um, in having that pick. So I, I'd be willing to hear some offers, but yeah, it would take quite a bit. Um, I don't typically avoid certain, certain players or try to, I try to avoid falling into traps. One thing I'm I, emotionally that I just very childish is like, if I get burnt by a player in the previous year, like it's hard for me to come back and, and draft that player and McCaffrey's a little different because he was hurt but like I had Michael Thomas in a couple leagues this last year and uh, I drafted him what I thought was an appropriate round and I mean man did I get burned bad like everybody else who had him in some leagues too so I mean Michael Thomas will definitely be one I'll be avoiding unless he's available super late in some uh, some leagues so yeah well that's that's great that you you bring up Michael Thomas that's actually I've got three players that I'm interested to see um, which round they end up going, and Michael Thomas is is one of them because I don't see a scenario where he gets taken in uh, in the first two rounds, being a, a top twenty eight player, and even even uh, the third round might be a little too early. So I I could see Michael Thomas slipping to the fourth, which is crazy to say because if you did a startup draft last season, he was easily a first round, probably a top six, top seven player being taken, even in super yeah. flex. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I had in the two leagues I had him in, it was full point PPR. So, um, I mean, I was pretty excited when I, he fell to where I thought was a really good value on both. But I agree, I wouldn't touch him probably in the top 35 for sure, maybe in that top 40. I mean, I just, especially without really knowing the QB situation there, Breeze is, you know, most likely going to be retired unless something really drastically changes down there. And then you've got, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure he's playing quarterback. Is it Taysom Hill? Is it Winston? I'm not sure. So Right. Yeah, Michael Thomas uh, will be age 27, and there's even been rumblings that he won't be a Saint next year. So I don't know if that would be an upgrade for him to, to move somewhere else. I guess that all depends where he, where he ends up. Wherever uh, they but, can throw the most slants, I guess, would probably be all yeah. right. So, <laughs> um, so I, another receiver that I'm curious to see where he ends up going in this draft is, uh, is Juju Smith-Schuster. He will be 24, most likely not coming back to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's a little bit of a wild card for me, too. Um, I think a change of scenery could actually be really good for him. But, uh, I mean, valuation on him would be tough tough for me. I have, Honestly, I'm not even sure where he's probably listed right now as far as overall receivers. But it would be not knowing where he's going and then just – I, I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a top 10, top 12 receiver, but I could also see him being a, a top 30 receiver next year too. I mean, it's just a lot of question marks in my opinion on him. So, yeah. Yeah. He proved he could get it done as uh, the number two working with Antonio Brown a couple Absolutely. seasons ago. Um, definitely those distractions that everybody knows about. Um, I'm guilty of, of getting distracted by TikTok multiple times <laughs> in, my, in my life too. So I, I feel you, Juju. I, I keep telling myself I'm going to delete the app, and then I, I still haven't gotten around to it. So uh, three teams that I, I think would be a good fit um, would be going to the Chargers. They apparently have $33 million, um, to spend this offseason. So I don't know if they would sign them to a, a one-year prove-it deal, or they could sign them to a cheap multi-year deal. Um, the, the Packers have been 
complaining about getting a second receiver for a while now. Uh, I'm sure they're, they're going to screw up the, the draft again in 2021, or at least hopefully they do. And also the Miami Dolphins have that number three um, draft pick that everybody, including myself, would, would love to see them uh, take, or sorry, the number six pick, um, take Jamar Chase. But if they um, took a different position, then, then possibly Juju would be a good fit uh, down there in Miami playing opposite Devontae Parker. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he would be best suited. You kind of alluded to this too, you know, a number, number two or a, a 1A, 1B type scenario. I just, I don't know if it's a maturity thing that he just not going to fit in well with the number one overall. I mean, obviously there's a lot of pressure and they'll real coverage that, that side if you're a clear cut number one lots of times too. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just pulled up a site quick and he had him listed at a 26 overall wide receiver, which honestly, without really knowing all the, the ins and outs of where he's going. I mean, that seems pretty, pretty fair to be honest with you. Yeah. I've, I've seen him in the upper twenties. So right around 22 or 23. And then I've also yeah. seen him um, as low as 40 in some rankings. So wow. um, it's, it's definitely uh, one of those players that, that, that people are very um, polarized about right now. For sure. Um, the, the, the last player that I am very curious to see where he goes is, is somebody that was actually getting taken at the one Oh one in some, um, startup drafts and almost every single dynasty draft that I saw. And that was Clyde Edwards, Alaire. Um, he dealt with the high ankle sprain this past season. And um, they're already talking about bringing Damian Williams back in 2021. Um, he took the, the year off uh, due to COVID. And I think it was uh, his mom or his grandmother um, was dealing with stage four cancer. So um, I don't think that's a reason why the chiefs would kind of knock him for, for uh, trying to avoid getting COVID and, in 2020, and uh, the last time we saw him on the field, he was he was running for a touchdown to win the Super Bowl against the 49ers. So I'm sure they uh, they missed missed him this past weekend, and they'll be uh, welcoming him back with um, open arms. So Clyde Edwards-Alaire did have over 10 points in nine of 15 games and three games of over 20 points in 2020. So he he certainly wasn't a bust, but he wasn't that um, top five running back that everybody is hoping that he would be. Right. Yeah, I, honestly, you know, it's one of those things where if you're the lead back in KC, it seems great, right? And they're going to put up 50 points a game, and it's going to be awesome, and they're going to be up by so much, and you're going to get a lot of junk touches and hammer the ball too. But and there's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. And, to, yeah, I wasn't nearly as high on him last year, but I, a lot of leagues I was in too, he went super early. Um, he, had he gotten the appropriate workload and been injury-free the whole year, I mean, who knows? But um, – I don't know. I, I would be a little cautious moving forward with him, um, even though he's so young and obviously super talented and not a great offense. But yeah, there's a lot of there's a I don't say red flags, some yellow flags I would say with with him. Yeah, I, I think uh, we're it, it, it almost became a competition of who um, is higher on Clyde Edwards Lair because uh, at first after the the Damian Williams news, then everybody was saying that he would finish as a top ten running back. Now that the backfield's his own. And then naturally that just moved all the way up to him being called the RB1 in, in some leagues. So um, yeah. Damian Williams will be 29. So I think by 2022, he will have the backfield completely um, sure up. But um, next year, I, I would I would expect uh, Damian Williams to get at least 20, 20 to 30% of the, the backfield work. 
right, right. I mean, and I don't know. Like, is Le'Veon Bell just done? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, from from, from uh, reports that, that I've read, um, they're not um, projected to resign him again for, for next yeah. season. So the answer to that is yes. All right, and, so there you go. Yeah, and uh, and Daryl Williams kind of worked his way in there and um, got a couple of of snaps to frustrate owners even more. So <laughs> right. um, I, I I feel like Clyde edwards Lair will still go in the second round, but um, much like Michael Thomas, uh, seeing him as a, as a first round startup pick um, drop into the second round. I'm, I'm curious to see how, how low he will actually drop in this draft. Yeah. I mean, I think it, honestly in ours, I think he'll go, I think he'll go by pretty early in the second round, to be honest with you. I just, I think he will. I mean, running backs should be valued pretty high and I, I think he'll go fairly early, but yeah, I could be wrong. Uh, well, the, the last note that I, I had here about our uh, our startup draft is uh, we, we actually went back, Sam and I did, and, and looked at every dynasty league that we were in um, this this past season. And every single person that won was somebody who did at least four trades either the uh, during the preseason or during the season. So um, it's probably not that big of a surprise, but trading definitely has its its advantages so um welcoming you back to the um the dynasty world i would definitely recommend oh i actually got to go on this call here all right back to what i was saying Sam and I went back and looked at all the dynasty drafts that we're in and um, everybody had done at least uh, two to four trades to um, get that championship. So um, with, with that, with that being said, I, I would recommend to you if there's uh, a player in the third or fourth round, <clears throat> maybe Will Fuller uh, that, that you see sitting there, <laughs> don't be afraid to uh, trade a couple picks to move up there and, and uh, get your guy. But that's uh, uh, that. Any thoughts? I, I like it. I, that actually is a good advice. I mean, you know, sometimes it's easy to take fantasy football a little too seriously and just remember why you got into it, right? It's, it's to have fun. I was in a league that started back in 98, and we literally used all the pickups and drop money and all the trade money as a big end-of-the-year party, and that was as much fun as the entire league was. So have fun. If you have a player you really like, especially if it's between that and somebody else, get the player you like. If it's on your home team, that's all right. Like, don't don't be afraid to do that. But uh, yeah, fantasy football supposed to be fun. Like, enjoy it, have a good time, right? Yep. I uh, I actually uh, drafted uh, Justin Jefferson in the early second round of of a league, and I, I played him every week because I knew he was going to go off. So when I got to see him go off for multiple touchdowns and two hundred plus yards, um, I think that was against the the Titans. Um, yeah. that, that, that was, that was such a, such a great feeling. Like you said, I knew I was going to win, win that league, but I, uh, I was very excited to see Justin Jefferson win that week for me. So yeah, absolutely. absolutely go, go get those players that you like for sure. Yeah, man. That's, that's, uh, that's what I got, you know, Hey, yeah. you know, always sound advice is do the opposite, whatever I say too. So just throwing that out there. That's right. Whatever doesn't work in those guillotine leagues, uh, last year, do the opposite. And then you'll, <laughs> you'll wish that, that you stuck with the, the previous one. Michael Thomas will go back to being the, the wide receiver one and one people guillotines next year. Oh, you're so probably right. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna pain me that that's gonna be accurate, but but yeah. Hey, one winning factor I can guarantee is if you check out superduperflexbros.com, 
you will not be disappointed. I That's right. That. I, I, I love the plug. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> tonight, Jason. I look forward to starting this uh, startup on Sunday and seeing uh, if you take Mahomes or McCaffrey with the 101. Absolutely. Now, hey, can I, can I say it now? Is it my time to shine? Can yep. I say it? Yep. In three, two, one. Keep it flexy. So uh, oh. since I'm recording, I do legally have to tell you that I'm uh, avoid legal snakes by telling people they're being recorded. So you can't use this against me. Uh, I feel like I'm being entrapped right now. Is that... are, are you are you ready for this uh, Will Fuller conversation in the future? <laughs> I'm ready, my you know I won't even I'll tell you this after the fact, but I'm not even a Will Fuller fan to be honest with you. But I'm gonna be for the sake of this argument. <laughs>